This is a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z-Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I am your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play Doctor Online. Uh, got a big show planned for you uh, this week. Let's see what I can get to. Oh, I can't wait to find out what I'm going to talk about. Oh, here's the first thing. Uh, it's This is a Dimland Radio look at sports. Now, I do that on occasion. I look at sports and talk about them because I, 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 I in general, like sports. Uh, not all of them, but you know, like football, baseball, and hockey. I like those sports. Basketball, it depends. Um, college Final Four time, I kind of like those games. They're a little more interesting. And, and playoff and uh, professional base- basketball is kind of more interesting. Baseball is my sport. That's that's the game I like the most. If you don't like baseball, well, you don't like baseball. And I wonder, what part of Russia are you from? But anyway. Did you catch the big game? The big event that happens every year Uh the Super Bowl. Did you catch that? Holy smokes! Uh, it was it was a, it was the Atlanta Falcons playing the uh, uh, the New England Patriots. The New England Patriots are kind of in that realm of uh, the hated Yankees. And, you know what they are to ba- the hated Yankees are to baseball. It's kind of that, but uh, it. My son was rooting for the Falcons, and I was secretly rooting for them as well because Atlanta hasn't had a lot of championship teams. Um, and the you know New England and Boston, New England Patriots is essentially Boston. They've had plenty. In fact, you know if you take uh, football, baseball, basketball, and hockey. Uh, Boston has had something like 36 championships, maybe 37 now with last week's Super Bowl. If you go to Atlanta and you take those same sports, I think Atlanta has a hockey team, you take those same sports, they have one, one championship, and that was the Atlanta Braves in baseball. Uh, although we do remember the Atlanta Braves had that run in the 90s where they were just, they were always there at the end of the season. They were always getting getting into the postseason and either getting close to the uh, uh, World Series or getting into it. But they only managed to win one, and I'm trying to remember which year that was. It might have been 96, but I don't quote me on that. But anyway, since I am a Minnesota Vikings fan, that's our football team, um, I'm pretty much resigned to the, um, to the fact, fact in quotes, that the, the Minnesota Vikings will never again appear in a Super Bowl, at least not in my lifetime. 
I've resigned myself to that fact. I don't think it's ever going to happen now. There are a lot of Vikings fans that are really hoping that next season they'll do it. Next season they'll do it because next season the uh, Super Bowl is going to be held at the Vikings' new stadium, U.S. Bank Stadium. Well, it ain't going to happen. <laughs> it ain't going to happen. I, I could be wrong. And I realize this is, you know, I'm a skeptic, and I try to be rational in my thinking. Uh, I really do. Uh, but when it comes to sports, emotion kind of takes over a little bit. My rationality just sort of, um, uh, just kind of sneaks away. Doesn't, doesn't, doesn't work as well. I, I realize I'm being irrational, but I still can't help it. But we'll see. Who knows? But anyway, since the Vikings aren't ever going to be in another Super Bowl, what I always hope for when the Super Bowl comes is a good game. Give me a good, exciting game, close and, and, and some, you know, a good amount of scoring, but not necessarily a shootout. That's, that's not always great. But a blowout game where one team just completely dominates the other, eh, that's just... Eh. And until about halfway through the third quarter of this... Most recent Super Bowl, number 51? Was that what it was? Yeah. Uh, it was... Uh, <laughs> I mean, Atlanta looked like they had it going away. They just could do just about whatever they wanted against, uh, against the Patriots, and the Patriots looked flat in their offense, and the greatest quarterback in the, in the history of the game, Tom Brady, and I know that could be argued that he might not be, but he sure is up there in the conversation. He just didn't, he was off. He, his passes were either too long or too short or too far to one end or to the other end. It's so that the receivers were having a time getting to them. Uh, but when the receivers did get to him, sometimes they would drop the ball. Uh, some, when they would drop the ball, it would be, you know, sometimes it was their follow-up, but a lot of times it was the defenders for the Falcons that would just get their hands in there and pop the ball away or prevent the uh, receiver from closing his arms to, to hold the ball and pull it in. It, so it just, they were, it, it just, it just was looking, eh. And, and Patriots got themselves a field goal. And I believe the touchdown that got um, uh, the Falcons to 28 points, I believe that touchdown was a what, what's called a pick six. If you don't know football, that means uh, the defense intercepts a pass uh, by Tom Brady, one of the one of the defenders. I don't remember who it was, and he runs it all the way down to the other end and scores a touchdown. It's a pick six. You get six points for a touchdown, and then you get the point after. So it it just looked like oh this is going to be ugh, this is going to be terrible, and 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 of course I'm happy for Atlanta because you know like I said they could they could use a, another championship. That's cool. Well then, I don't know what it was. I don't know what happened. But New England just kind of became New England again, and 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 Brady became Brady again. And they went and they scored a touchdown. They missed the extra point, which has been something that's been happening in the last season or so, because they uh, the the NFL had decided to move back the point at which the kick is taken from. You know, like they added five yards to the kick for the extra point, and that's been kind of messing up the the kickers. They get so used to that. So I think I think it might get back to a point where the kickers have it figured out and they'll start being more automatically the way it used to be. Uh, the point after kick was just almost automatic. But there also is a two-point conversion attempt that you can do. Now, that came into play twice in this game. So when the Patriots finally do score that touchdown, 
and they missed the extra point. I just turned to my son. I said, "Well, too little, too late. It's just, it's just, it's just too many points ahead of them." Well, I don't know. I, I'm not going to recap everything, but uh, they needed a couple of touchdowns to tie the game with two point conversions on each touchdown. So they needed 16 points to tie the game, and they got 16 points and they tied it. They got. It's just how unlikely. And there was a there was a catch, in I think that last drive that ended up. With the touchdown, scoring the touchdown that ended up tying the game and sending it into overtime, there was a catch where the the, the Patriots receiver, and again I don't have the names, but he he caught that ball. He's got two defenders on him, and he's got somehow he's reached and grabbed the ball, and he's got it right in both hands, and he keeps it from hitting the ground and keeps control of the ball and makes the catch. And uh, it was almost it was one. Official was calling it a not a catch because he thought it hit the ground, but another guy that had a real clear bead on it saw it didn't hit the ground. He called it a catch, and I think they went to the challenge or they reviewed it and saw that yes, it was a catch. So, uh, and then it goes in overtime, and um, the Patriots win the toss. They decide to take the ball. The new overtime rules are uh, if you you know you, you get each team gets a possession unless the team that gets the first possession scores a touchdown, and that's that wins the game. But if the first team that gets the ball uh, either doesn't score or they score a field goal, the other team gets a chance. And if the other team gets the ball and doesn't score, then, you know, and the other team had gotten a, yeah, the first team had gotten a field goal, well, then the game goes to that team. If they tie it up, it continues, uh, you know, so if they score a touchdown, it continues, If depending on, you know, how all things go. But anyway, uh, the Patriots got the ball, and at this point in the game, the Patriots were just moving it at will. It was just, z- you know, pass, just p- zing, 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 down the field, zing, 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 and and a handoff to the to the to their running back, and again, I don't have the name, and he runs it, and he stretches himself into the end zone and scores the winning touchdown. <laughs> it was amazing. So it went from being a yawner to being... Holy smokes. And I feel bad for Atlanta. I hope they can make it back next year. It's tough. It's a tough thing to do, to make it back to a Super Bowl, which is why the Buffalo Bills, they're four years in a row, even though they lost each time, four years in a row making to the Super Bowl, that was astounding. That's an astounding feat in itself. Now, okay, so one of the extra, like the denouement, as they would say, because I was listening to some of the sports guys talk about this, you recall uh, uh, Tom Brady got in some trouble, uh, um, and he had to sit out four games, the first four games of this season, because of the uh, in a Super Bowl win, you know his fourth Super Bowl win. This was his fifth. Uh, there was, uh, I think it was the Super Bowl. The the ball was being deflated a little bit. It makes it a little spongier, so easier to grip, I guess. And so that got blown into a huge thing, and it shouldn't have been. It was stupid, but. Uh, Poorly handled by Commissioner Commissioner Goodell, is that his name? Anyway, so it ends up he gets Brady gets a suspension for four games at the beginning of this past season, and now <laughs> they get to the Super Bowl. Brady gets the MVP award because of his comeback, the biggest comeback. In any sport, in any Super Bowl, the before it was uh, from from a ten point deficit. This was uh, what was it, a twenty five point deficit they came back from, 
and it was so that's that was astounding. It was the first overtime Super Bowl. Uh, it was the first, uh, um, I think, first quarterback to have won five Super Bowls. There's another player who's been who's got five Super Bowl championships, and, but he wasn't a quarterback. So so there was some firsts here, and it's Tom Brady, and he wins the MVP award. And so that in the in the at the end of the game where they're given the trophies, um, Goodell has to hand the guy that gave the four-game suspension and went after Brady as hard as he did to try to, you know, know, stick him with this deflate gate thing. He has to hand the trophy to Brady. So for those who are into that kind of thing, that was, I guess, kind of a a sweet moment. (laughs) Uh, The saddest moment, though, of the game uh, was the owner of the Atlanta Falcons, he he pulled a Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones was the owner for the the Dallas Cowboys, and Jerry Jones always liked to he liked to come down and stand on the sideline when his team is winning, and he's sure they're going to win. And every now and then it bites him because sometimes his team loses at the at the very end of the game. And uh, well, the owner I don't know his name kind of looks like Herman uh, Fred Gwynn. I'm going to say Herman Munster. He kind of looks like Fred Gwynn. Is that the guy who played Herman Munster? Yeah, that's him. Uh, kind of looks like him, and he'd stand there with his wife, nice look, you know, lovely looking wife, a bit younger than him, but not that that kind of creepy younger, you know what I mean? Or it's like like he's like seventy something and she's, you know, twenty something. But hey, you know, she dies, she dies. Anyway, um, they're standing on the sideline and they're all excited because the Falcons are up by so many points. They're gonna win this game, and he just he looks so happy. They're standing there holding hands, and he's just you know. And then you watch the meltdown of the Falcons and the coming back of the Patriots and all oh, that poor guy just the look on his face when he realizes oh we're going to go to overtime and then they lose oh man but I don't feel too terrible about it because the guy is filthy stinking rich so you know <laughs> uh, the money might not buy happiness but it makes being miserable more comfortable anyway so that was something that was pretty cool uh, it ended up being what I hoped for in a, in a game, in a Super Bowl game. Now, the dumbest thing, sports-wise, I'm going to continue with my sports-talking thing. Hey, at least I'm not talking about my son's school, open house thing. You know, people <laughs> probably listen to the show, coming new to it on iTunes, thinking, what in the hell kind of show is this? This guy's sitting there talking about, complaining about the way a high school handled its open house. <laughs> well, this is my show. Um, the dumbest thing I heard this week about sports, I was listening to the Sports Talk Radio, Baseball, the game I really like. The game I, I will watch. I just I just love watching the game. And again, I'm not nutty stats guy. I don't know all the names of the players, and I don't know all their stats. I don't, I'm not that kind of fan, but I just like watching the game. And, and of course, I'm an American. I ain't no commie, you know. <laughs> anyway, uh, of the, the, the over the last few years the 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 ball games have been getting longer you know back back in the day when the starting pitcher was expected to finish the game those days were long gone but back in those days a ball game could last a couple hours now they're lasting three and sometimes more three hours sometimes more than that it's just it's getting they're getting a little long so the uh the major league baseball is kind of trying to come up with ideas what can we do and they're going to try a little experiment, which is the dumbest thing I've heard. They're, what they're going to do, and they're doing this in some minor leagues this season, they're going to, they're going to, if the game goes to extra innings, 
Those extra innings will start with a runner automatically on second base. He doesn't have to go up and hit. He just the runner is placed on second base. Now that's called scoring position. Now, if Mario Cuomo was still alive, he would be he would be wishing that every ball game would go to extra innings because then he would get to see the bunt. I love the bunt. I love the sacrifice. Uh. Because that's what you're going to see. I was listening to one of the local, a couple of the local guys, uh, sports guys, talking on the radio there, and one of them said, "You know, you're trying to get millennials interested in baseball. Introducing more bunts in the, into the game isn't going to help. Because that's what's going to happen. You're going to you, the first guy coming up to bat is going to drop a bunt to move the guy from second place over to third or second base, actually, over to third. That's what's going to happen. It's just dumb." And, and, and another sports-talking fellow actually looked up the stats, and he says, you know, in a regular season, the number of, of extra-inning games is, a, is less than 10% of the games. So for a team that plays 162 games, less than 16 of them will go into extra innings. That's not going to do anything. That's not going to help shorten the games. There's plenty of other things that you could try. Let's see, I wrote down a list of them. An electronic uh, strike zone, where the the ump is not calling the balls and strikes. He's you know he, an electronic strike zone that they can it can be set up. So you just because you, you you if you watch the ball games on TV, they'll show you the little box, the strike zone, and they'll say, well, it looks like it was in for us. And they could do that in baseball. The purists wouldn't like it. Or maybe widen the strike zone itself. Okay, so they don't do the electronic thing, but they have, tell the umpires give the make the strike zone a little bigger. It then becomes a pitcher's game. It's not so much a hitter's game. And that takes the offense away. So there's not going to be as many scores. It's, so that can, that can limit there. That's a drawback for doing that. But, it, you know, but that's something that you could try. But that, that would shorten it because guys would get out quicker. They'd get less hits you know, with, a, with a bigger strike zone. And they used to have a bigger strike zone. I think some years ago they, they made it a little smaller so as to generate more offense in the game, generate more interest with fans, because fans like offense. Uh, let's see, what else did I write down? Um, a pitch clock. A clock between pitches. You know, the, the fi- you get 15 seconds between pitches, once the, or whatever it is, or 10 seconds. Once the pitcher gets the ball back from the catcher after making a pitch, he has to pitch it you know, within 10 seconds or 15 seconds or whatever. Now, this the purists will really scream about, and I'm not so sure I like this idea, because there's never been a clock in baseball. But that would at least be something. Uh, uh, let's see. Um, limit the trips to the mound, you know, where the catcher comes up to talk to the pitcher or the pitching coach or the, or the manager comes out to talk to the pitcher. Limit those to a certain number a game. Uh, or, you know, it's, yeah, it's something like that. Limit those. Or limit the, the, uh, number, the number of pitching changes you can make. You know, you got a pitcher out there that's faulty. He's not doing great, but you think, oh, you got to tough it through, kid. You got to tough it through. Might be a big inning for this other team, but we can't, you know. So we, we have limited pitching changes. Uh, you can't just bring one guy in to face one batter and then do another pitching change for another guy to pitch, face another batter and maybe do this again. But that's, that can happen, and that slows the game down. Uh, and then let's see. You could, you know, try to you know they've got challenges in baseball now. You could try to ch- speed up the process of the challenges. 
It says you you only have so much time. You can't just stand there and have somebody go look at the video and tell you you know tell the manager who's standing on the steps just telling them, hang on, we're checking. And it says no no no. You 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 either challenge or you don't. Let's go. <laughs> and if you maybe uh, introduce tie games. That was one of the sports guys that was talked about. He said, introduce the fact that their games could end in a tie. And he his suggestion was, if it goes into extra innings, if it's still tied after 12 innings, the game goes as a tie. That could work. I mean, I wouldn't be so opposed to that. Like, it's less than 10% in a season of the games go to overtime anyway, or into extra innings, however you want to call it. It would just make a little bit more sense. And what would make more sense right now is me to go take my break. That's what it would make more sense right now. Uh, you're listening to Zim, uh, Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons. I'll be back shortly. Just sit tight. I'll be Hornswoggled. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. You don't say. Oh, what? You think you went off to college or something? On ZTalkRadio.com. That's the most amazing thing since Grandma survived the outhouse incident. I'm a paramedic, and it may sound silly, but a lot of people are afraid to call 911 when they're experiencing uncomfortable pressure, fullness, squeezing, or pain in the center of the chest. Instead, people risk permanent damage or death because they're afraid they might get a lecture. To learn more about heart attack warning signs, call the American Heart Association at 1-800-AHA-USA-1 or visit us on the web at AmericanHeart.org. Lord, honey, can somebody tell me what my future holds? Hey, man, you think I can get a reading? Wrong answer. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Dr. Dim, Jim Fitzsimmons, only on Z Talk Radio. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Dr. Dim might even have a guest or two. Don't Join Jim, Dr. It. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. Network. I'll have a guest or two, please. Hey, this is Danny Potts from the Kentucky Ghost Chasers, and you're listening to Z Talk Radio. Welcome back to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I feel I should explain a little something. 
I do a segment on my show called uh, Pedantic Moment. And <laughs> last week, I was doing a pedantic moment about the McDonald's ad for their McCafe coffees thing. And I, I took exception to the intern coming back with the coffee and handing back the change and saying, you guys gave me way too much money you know, where do you guys buy coffee because you gave me way too much money? He hands him back change. But the amount of change he handed him back didn't indicate to me that they gave him way too much money. I thought, yeah, it's just, make it look like it's more money that he's handing back. Put a 10 in there, you know, not a dollar, a 10, a $10 bill and some change. Do that. <laughs> you know, make it, anyway, without completely going back into the rant I did last week. And, my younger brother was in the chat room. <clears throat> this show, um, not only does it come out on iTunes or Podbean or I suppose other places too, but I'm not sure. I know those two exact for, for sure. It, 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 this, it's also played on Saturday nights at 11 p.m. Central on ztalkradio.com. So if you want to come by at 11 o'clock Central on Saturday nights, you know, what else is there to do on Saturday? Uh you can come in, click on listen and chat, go to that option and go into the deal, start up the little radio. There's a little thing that will say play. You press that and it will start playing whatever's on. And you can, you can, it'll ask you to maybe join something. It's, it doesn't cost you anything. You just put in your name and whatever. And uh, you can chat. You don't have to join anything, but you can come into the chat room. You can chat with, because I'll be there. And uh, so my younger brother usually shows up on Saturdays, and there's another listener that uh, has the longest listener to my show. She's, uh, she's not, well, I don't mean she's not long. I don't mean her length is long. I mean she's listened to my show for the longest amount or going farthest back. She's listened right from the very beginning, which was back in March 2010. So she's, she's been there just almost every week, and it feels weird when she's not there. It's like, why, 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 why? But sometimes, you know, life happens. I guess she finds something better to do. Hi, Trisha. How you doing? Anyway, my brother, Steve, starts giving me some, you know, starts needling me. He says, you know, you know, just come on. It's just a commercial. Get a life. You know, lighten up. That kind of thing. And my answer is, it's called a pedantic moment for a reason. I'm being pedantic, and hopefully, it's a little funny, or so, it's just I'm just being pedantic. It's just my nature. Since I was a, since I was a kid, he should know this. Of course, he does know this because he's known me for you know most of his life, and and he ought to know that that I I've, I've been like this. You know, I just I used to get upset with people when they would call. You know, when you'd ask, when the kids would be selling candy for some, you know, fundraising thing at school, and one of the options was uh, was licorice, and there was and the and the you know the the red stuff too. <laughs> See, I, it's kind of hard. I have to accept that it's become part of the lexicon. Lexic, you know, licorice isn't. It, it, licorice is like uh, Kleenex. Kleenex is not the name of the of the item. It's the name of the brand. It's you know, it's you know, when you call. You know, facial tissue, you call it Kleenex. Well, that's the name of the brand. It's not the name, you know, it's facial tissue. It's tissue, you know, tape, tissue paper, whatever. So, anyway, they would offer you liquor. You would say, I want some licorice. Oh, you want red or black? 
Licorice is black. Licorice is a flavor. It's not a color. The red stuff is either cherry or strawberry or raspberry. And there's a whole bunch of other flavors now that weren't there when I was a kid back in the Stone Ages. So that was, I mean, it goes back to that. I mean, because I would be pedantic about that kind of stuff. And I have, like I said, I have to accept that licorice is just now it's in the vernacular. The common use is that that kind of candy is called licorice. Even though licorice is a flavor, not a color, a texture, a look, or whatever. So, so I get pedantic about things. There's silly little things that annoy me. I, 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 I was talking about this at the at the Minnesota Skeptics Meetup just this past Thursday, and I was mentioning you know pedantic moments I've had about the movie Westworld. We were talking, they were talking about the series, and we talked about the movie, and I said, you know, one of the things, the problem, one of the pedantic moments I had about the West Westworld was that Yul Brenner, the 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 main bad guy robot in there, kept coming back after he was killed. It's why didn't they react like you know? Didn't we kill you yesterday? Why are you back? This is supposed to be the most realistic vacation experience we could ever have of the old west. You're coming back. That doesn't make any sense. But you know, I still love the movie. It's really entertaining. And then I had the I had the, the an issue with the with the six shooter that has a sensor on it that can measure. You know, warm bodies. If you, you know, so if you, you, it will stop working. So if you aim the gun at a person, an actual person, not a robot, it'll be, it'll pick up the, the warmth of the body. You know, the 98 degrees, whatever. It'll pick that up, and it won't work. Well, first one, wouldn't the robots be generating heat with all the machinery going on inside them? And two, well, what's the distance of that heat sensor? Couldn't you shoot somebody maybe from across the street or down this, you know, way down the street? Well, maybe the sensors are more sensitive, but you know, the movie is set in. We we looked it up. The movie is set in 1983. It came out in 1974. <laughs> they were really thinking. Well, you know, it's not going to be long. We're going to have super realistic robots walking around. Anyway, so or what if the you know in, in the in the if there was a gunfight going out in the streets? There was some kind of you know bank was being robbed and and then the posse's trying to stop the you know, the sheriffs or so whatever. And there's shootouts going on in the street, and the two main characters are in the brothel and they're more interested in in taking care of the the couple of gals that they're picking up. What if a bullet comes through the wall, and hits a guest? I mean, that could happen. What if a ricochet hits somebody? You know. So, and while I'm going through this. One of the skeptics, Craig, says, wait a minute, you accept the robots, but you have trouble with the other things? I said, yes, that's, I can accept the higher concept idea, but the other thing, it, that's where, it's being pedantic. I call them pedantic moments for a reason. I realize it's silly, and you know, just other people with, who are normal walk right past these things. I don't. I just, uh, okay. So occasionally, I will have... A pedantic moment on the show. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, this one was fun. I saw this today. And it's... Well, actually, it's not so much fun, but... We've been hearing a lot lately about fake news. You know, there's fake news on the Internet. And in 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 large part that's kind of a good thing that people are coming to realize that there are well there's the satire sites that or and parody sites and so, you know that put up stuff that a lot of people don't realize that that's what it is they think it's real they think you know when the ice bucket challenge was going on recently 
they think that uh, some kid was killed because of uh, you know they they filled up a uh, one of those you know trash barrels filled with water and ice and dumped it on him and that that broke his neck and killed him or paralyzed him or something they think that that's real but it was just a parody thing that was you know a satire we're satire you know unless you're the onion I don't know if you should be trying that. Because at least the Onion, you look, because sometimes you see some real articles, actual articles, and you think, wait a minute, this isn't the Onion? You see the headline, you start reading the stuff that's in it, and you think, wait a minute, it's what? This isn't the Onion? This is real? So, a Facebook friend, a woman I used to go to high school with, shared a, uh, an article, if we can call it that, uh, and her comment was, yikes. And uh, let's see. It, was, it comes from the website called vaccines.news. And, one, and, and I was chatting with one of, uh, one of the other Minnesota skeptics, a fellow named Tim, nice, nice dude who likes the bunt, but you know, not, not quite the same way that Mario Cuomo likes the bunt. It's not quite that way. He likes it as part of a play and part of strategy and that kind of thing. And that's good. Yeah. But Cuomo would just would really hope that every guy coming up, if there's anybody on base, just bunt. Let's just bunt. Let's everybody bunt. It'd be great. It'd just be great. Don't try to get a home run. Don't try to get a single or a double, triple, whatever. Just bunt. Let's there's a guy that managed he he walked. Isn't that wonderful that the pitcher would allow the guy to walk to to you know would four balls so the guy couldn't, you know, be struck out, and now he gets to walk. Isn't that wonderful that the pitcher sacrificed there and did that for them? And then, see, the next guy up could just bunt, and then the next guy up could bunt, and then the next guy up could bunt, and then, oh, wait a minute, maybe that would get the guy home, but maybe not. <laughs> Cuomo. You know, if he was alive today, he'd be rolling in his grave. Anyway, so vaccines.news is an anti-vax site, and Tim remarked, uh, he said that is, uh, does, sorry, I keep turning away from the microphone, sorry. Uh, does any real news come from a site with .news as the domain? <laughs> it's kind of, it is a bit of irony, because it, it just, you think, is this real? Is this, what is this? Okay, so this is an example of fake news. Vaccines.news is obviously an anti-vax site. And why do I say it's obviously an anti-vax site? Well, uh, if you go to the page, I'll link to all this stuff in the show notes. Along the side of the page is, uh, uh, you know, related articles or other things you can look at. And it's got the most viewed, and it's got three of them. And I'll read, you know, I don't have the full headline, but I'll, you'll get the gist from the headlines. Uh, the first one is, um, Dear Breitbart News, please stop parroting HPV vaccine propaganda put out by corporate dot dot dot. And uh, let's see, next is, uh, U.S. Department of Health admits vaccines can cause injury and death. Well, yeah, um, it's exceedingly rare. It's very rare. You know, nothing is 100% safe and 100% effective. But vaccines are very, very safe and very effective. You know, there's a, there may be a range in effectiveness, but, you know, yeah, it, yes, it's extremely rare occasions this can happen. We, we measure the, the cost to benefit, and the benefits far outweigh 
the costs. Uh, the other one is uh, holistic doctors, read not real doctors, discovered autism causing carcinogens in vaccines. <laughs> Wait a minute, I thought carcinogens were cancer causing. I, I, you know, do I, am I not getting the definition right here? Holistic doctors. Jesus. All right, so Facebook friend shares this. And the headline, CDC, that's the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. They drop off the A and the P at the end there. But I, I thought it'd be cool if they would go by, you know, they put an ampersand, and then so it'd be CDC and P. Huh? Wouldn't that be kind of cool? No. But anyway, they call themselves CDC. Abbreviate that. Uh, CDC admits 98 million Americans were given cancer virus via the polio shot. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> the CDC admits that they were giving people cancer. Ah, here you go. 98 million people cancer. Can this be true? I will... This Okay. Vaccines.news. Uh, the, the author of this article... Now, admittedly, this article was from May of last year. So it's not... You know, exactly... I'm not exactly Johnny on the spot, but this kind of stuff floats around the Internet anyway. And a year isn't that that old, and this is being shared. And people, what people tend to do is they read the headline, and they just, oh wow, I saw that, I saw that, and I, you know, even I do that sometimes. And I got to realize, hey, you know, pay attention. Go ahead and read the article, and I'm really working on. It. If I'm sharing articles, I read them, I read the article, and then I share it, or I read it real quickly after I shared it. <laughs> um, okay. Here's what uh, was written about this. Uh, here's what the article is. And it's only two paragraphs, and then uh, I'll, exp well, I'll explain as I go along. It's written by Evil News. There's an evil, evil news. Evil News is who wrote this. There's a name that inspires confidence. Evil News writes, the CDC has admitted that between 1955 and 1963, over 98 million Americans received one or more doses of a polio shot, which was contaminated with a cancer-causing virus called SV40. The CDC quickly took down the page, along with Google, but the site was luckily cached, there's that cached, and saved to symbolize this grand admission. And then they, uh, they post in the, the, the screen capture of the page. The article, uh, Evil News, continues by writing, To further confirm this unbelievable admission, Assistant Professor of Pathology at Loyola University, Loyola University in Chicago, Dr. Michelle Cabrone, has been able to independently verify the presence of SV40 virus in tissue and bone samples from patients who died during that era. He found that 33% of the samples with uh, osteosarcoma bone cancers, 40% uh, of other bone cancers, and 60% of mesotheliomas lung cancers all contained this obscure virus. Mm-hmm. This leaves, now listen closely, this leaves the postulation that upwards of 30, or, no, I'm sorry, 10 to 30 million actually people, they mean to say people, actually contracted 
and were adversely affected by this virus to be deadly accurate. I'm going to read that last sentence again because I messed it up enough and it should be read again so you, you get the idea. This leaves the postulation that upwards of 10 to 30 million people actually contracted and were adversely affected by this virus to be deadly accurate. Underline that, to be deadly accurate. Now, I will tell you more about this. I will be deadly accurate where evil news wasn't. When I come back, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network. I'll be back after this short break. Just sit on tight. Or whatever. Sit on here. You know, if I can maneuver into a tight parking spot at the mall, I'm pretty much sexually satisfied. And I've been to the mall twice today already. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Did you see that UFO sighting that made the news? What did that latest study about alternative treatments really say? Is this photo making the rounds real or a hoax? Doubtful News is a unique website featuring news about pseudoscience, the paranormal, anomalies, and questionable claims framed with a skeptical view. Come visit doubtfulnews.com every day for news about cryptozoology, conspiracies, shams, scams, and more. Follow us on Twitter at Doubtful News. Critical thinking is essential in assessing today's news. Doubtful News helps you decide, can you really believe this stuff? Hey, I almost forgot. It's it's time for... It's quiz time on Dimland Radio. Everybody got your pens ready? Okay, I'm going to ask you a question here. It's a multiple choice answer. Uh, can you name the person who said this? That's why I don't eat friggin' lobster or anything like that, because they're alive when you kill it. Was that A, Mahatma Gandhi, B, Jane Goodall, C, Albert Einstein, or D, Snooky? This has been Quiz Time on Dimland Radio. Outbreaks of whooping cough, or pertussis, are happening across the United States. This serious respiratory disease can be deadly for babies. By getting the whooping cough vaccine, called Tdap, during the third trimester of each pregnancy, women can pass antibodies to their babies to help protect them until they're old enough to receive their own vaccine. Learn more at cdc.gov pertussis pregnant. That's pertussis, P-E-R-T-U-S-S-I-S. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. I am living on Channel Z. 
friends Holding far too well I'm up on the pavement And they're all down in the saddle With their government grants And my IQ They brought me down a size Academia and welcome back to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. You know, I wish I could play those songs all the way through, but I can't. So, in case you didn't know this, go to the show notes page. That shows up on Monday at some point, uh, usually later in the afternoon. I consider it, you know, my blog for the week that that. It's just where I, I write about the stuff I talked about on the previous show. And if you go scroll down to the bottom of that, you will find links to the songs I play for the bumpers in my breaks. So then, then you can check out the full song and, and know how fantastic a musical taste I have. Because every song I play, I like. <laughs> anyway, okay, so I'm going on about, you know, what is this fa- uh, fake news stuff? Here's an example of fake news. It's uh, vaccines.news. And this is a this is a piece that was written up last May, May 2016. In case you're listening to this well into the future, and it was written by somebody that goes by Evil News. All right, the Evil News. I'll just kind of recap the last paragraph there, where it says that uh, the the postulation is that upwards of 10 to 30 million actually contracted and were adversely affected by this virus to be deadly accurate. I'm going to underline that part. Well, I'm going to be deadly accurate because they included the page that was mysteriously taken down by the CDC. Now, I couldn't find this page. It's still gone, I guess. But I did find a a, a summary of this information I'm about to give you. So it's still up on the CDC's website. I'll link to these things. Okay. It's under the heading of Cancer, Simeon Virus 40, SV40, and Polio Vaccine Fact Sheet. There's, these are bullet points. So uh, here you go. Now, this is real small type, so bear with me as I try to read this. SV40 is a virus found in some species of monkey. SV40 was discovered in 1960. Soon afterward, the virus was found in polio vaccine. Listen carefully to this one. More than 98 million Americans received one or more doses of polio vaccine from 1955 to 1963 when a portion, a proportion, sorry, a proportion of vaccine was contaminated with SV, uh, SV40. It has been estimated that 10 to 30 million Americans could have received the SV40 contaminated dose of vaccine. Now, I'm going to go through these bullet points before I do the analysis. The majority of scientific evidence... Oh, hang on a second. I skipped one. Uh, SV40 virus has been found in certain types of cancer in humans, but it has not been determined that SV40 causes these cancers. The majority of scientific evidence suggests that SV40 contaminated vaccine did not cause cancer. However, some research results are conflicting and more studies are needed. Polio vaccines being used today do not contain SV40. All of the current evidence indicates that polio vaccines have been free of SV40 since 1963. There are four additional bullet points. 
In the 1950s, rhesus monkeys' kidney cells, which contain SV40 if the animal is infected, were used in preparing polio vaccines. Because SV40 was not discovered until 1960, no one was aware in the 1950s that the polio vaccine could, have, could be contaminated. SV40 was found in the injected form of polio vaccines, not in the kind given by mouth. Uh, let's see, not all doses of the injected uh, polio vaccine were contaminated. It has been estimated that 10 to 30 million people actually received a vaccine that contained SV40. Some evidence suggests that the receipt of SV40 contaminated polio vaccine may increase risk of cancer. However, the majority of studies done in the U.S. and Europe which compares persons who received SV40 contaminated polio vaccine with those who did not have shown no causal relationship between receipt of SV40 contaminated polio vaccine and cancer. Evil News, the person who is responsible for posting this on vaccines.news, an anti-vax site, is either dumb or lazy or absolutely hoping that the people are just reading the headline. Because if, they, if people re do what I did and read what's in, con what it was contained on the CDC site, there's no way you could walk away saying what the headline says. CDC admits 98 million Americans were given cancer virus via the polio shot. There's no way you can come away thinking that. The points that are made by the CDC when in talking about this SV40 virus is that you know, between 1955 and 1963, nine, more than 98 million doses, or 98 million people, Americans, received one or more doses of a polio vaccine. Some by shot, some by oral. You know, by you know, drinking stuff down. That's what I did when I was a kid. I drank the little, they gave you a little you know, paper cup and you drank it down. So they either got it that way or the other. You know, that's how they got it. And the, the oral kind didn't have it in there. Uh, let's see, the other thing is the 10 to 30 million people is what's estimated as the ones that may have been exposed to the virus-contaminated polio vaccine. These weren't 10 to 30 million that actually contracted and were adversely affected by, the vi by this virus. No, they were just exposed to it, maybe exposed to it. This evil news is trying to be deadly accurate, and he's lying his ass off, or hers. This is fake news. You know, I knew it was fake news the moment you know that they, when I started reading what the CDC was put up there, it says, "Well, the headline isn't even anywhere close to being true." This, this is, uh, this is, this is why we battle fake news. This is why skeptics. Uh, get upset, and we look at this stuff, and this is why, you know, that's this is why it's eternal vigilance when somebody, a Facebook friend, somebody who went to high school, shares this because all she did was read the headline. It's, you know, you've, I, I, I responded to her, and I pointed out, read what's in there. Don't just read the headline.
the headline is bullshit, and everything else in it is bullshit except for what the CDC is actually saying. And they're saying there's no correlation between the virus and cancer. Cancer in humans. I don't know what the virus does to the monkeys that have it. And I don't know if, you know, they don't... If this, this is the kind of bullshit that comes out from these people. And there's a, there's a, there's a photograph, there's a, you know, an image of... Uh, uh, it's a hypodermic, hypodermic syringe set on top of uh, some kind of black casing, I guess. It might be the casing for the syringe, or it might be... It contains the, the, the vaccine or something. And on that black casing uh, is a biohazard sticker and in the lower left corner it says naturalnews.com now skeptics out there who are paying attention and do a lot of checking into this kind of thing are all saying oh yeah naturalnews.com that's the that's mike the health danger adams he's an anti-vaxxer he's an anti-science based medicine kind of guy you know it's just you know the pharmaceutical companies and big medicine only want to keep you sick so they can make more money off you that's the philosophy this guy has you know it's just don't buy your stuff from them buy it from me i've got supplements that are way overpriced and none of them work but buy them from me buy my snake oil don't buy the stuff that's been shown to actually work so it's just ugh, ugh. See this kind of crap, and this just floats around, and this is why fake news is so upsetting to skeptics. And you know, I didn't get it. You know, it's it's the political stuff can get a little more murkier, I guess, or more murky. I don't think I have to say the murkier part, but uh, you know, this is just God. I don't. It's this. All you had to do was read the damn thing, read the article. How much time have I got until the show is over? Let me see. I'm sorry, I keep turning away from the microphone. Um, I'll see if I can get this in quickly. Uh, it's unpleasant. I hate to end the show with unpleasantness, but it's unpleasant. There are podcasts out there. I'm sure you're aware of that because you're listening to this. And my wife has found this one called uh, Sword and Scale. And it's a true crime podcast. And there are other true crime podcasts out there. My favorite murder, which I haven't listened to, but my wife listens to it. She says it's very funny because it's, it's handled with humor, but they look at real crime. And, uh, and there's another one called Last Podcast on the Left, and a lot of their, a lot of their shows uh, deal with true crime. And again, it's hosted by comedians, and they, they, they play for some humor. So it makes it a little easier to deal with the, the, the nastiness that they talk about. Sword and Scale is deadly serious. And I just listened to a two-parter, and my and when my I think when my wife listened to this one or some other ones because they get pretty nasty. She was sitting next to me on the couch. She's listening to this podcast, and she puts her head on my shoulder. She just and I said, "What's going on?" And she's just upset listening to the kind of stuff that's going on. And well, she had since listened to these two episodes, and so I listened to the first one together, most of it. And it was you know, pretty okay. At the very end of it, you hear sounds of somebody being hit with a hammer, and I mean, you know, and being stabbed. And you don't. It's just you hear the groans of the person as they're dying. And that's. I mean, this is kind of stuff that gets out there on the internets. People see it. And the next part 
was delving more into this particular character that they were talking about. He didn't. He didn't. I don't think he was responsible with that murder there. But this is this guy who changed his name from whatever it was to Luca Magnata, and he's a Canadian, and he wanted to be famous. Famous, make me famous. I want to be famous, and he wasn't getting famous, and he figured out a way to do it. First, he did a little experiment where he got two little kittens, played with the kittens, put them in a plastic bag, and put the vacuum cleaner, sucked all the air out of the plastic bag, sealed it up, and watched the kittens die, and videotaped this and put this on the internet with his identity hidden, but people were able to figure out who it was somehow. That's just whatever. But then that wasn't enough. He then put an ad in on Craigslist or something to, to, to get somebody into a gay porn film kind of thing, and a young Chinese uh, international student uh, named Lin Jun uh, answered the ad and at first it was all pleasant and everything and you know the, this Chinese student is seen I guess in the video nude and then um, uh, Luca comes in with an ice pick and begins stabbing him in the uh, abdomen and I guess at some point decapitates him and this is on video and the video went out onto the internets there's some pretty sick shit out there and I'm listening to this, and I'm just hearing it described, uh, at least as far as you know, the, the guy hosting the show is talking about it. But then he plays a 10-minute-long segment of a video of people watching this happen. And they're videotaping their response, and they put those online. I guess they do that with the two girls, one cup. You can look it up. <laughs> you don't want to watch it, but I haven't watched it, but I know about it. And people put these things. And I was listening to this while I was working. And I maybe got two minutes, three minutes into it, and I I could not watch it, and listen anymore, and I had to fast forward it. I just I couldn't. I, ugh, I don't know. It's just I'm not sure if I can continue listening to this podcast because it gets it's. Ugh. There's more I could talk about it. I'm running out of time, but. Maybe I'll, talk, I'll visit stuff in this in the future. Uh, one of the skeptics that I was talking with, uh, she, uh, her name is Erica. She used to work as an emergency response paramedic uh, person, and uh, you know, and and she's had to deal with some stuff. Uh, I will go just a little bit long because I want to s uh, recommend a movie. It's a movie you've heard of, but perhaps you haven't seen it. It's a classic movie. It's a big time cop movie, and it's called Dirty Harry. Now I know I'm just talking about all this <laughs> stuff, but. You know, we're all fascinated with murder and murder stories and things like that and true crime. But Dirty Harry, uh, it's, it's, it's uh, Clint Eastwood. The movie is, was directed by a friend of Clint Eastwood's, uh, Don Siegel. And uh, they work together a lot. And it also stars a, a young actor named Andy Robinson. He changed his name back to Andrew Robinson as he got older. And Andy plays the Scorpio, who's sort of based on the Zodiac Killer. And he is just, he's just a great villain. And, of course, this is the Dirty Harry film with the 44 Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world, and can blow your head clean off. you got to ask yourself one question, do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? You know, that line. And it's th that, that whole sequence, there's a little more to it, that whole sequence is delivered twice in the film. And there's a, there's a different attitude that Eastwood, that Harry has as he delivers that line. It's, it's gritty, it's that 70s kind of feel and look to the film, and it's, it's really good. If you haven't seen it, you should watch it and really pay attention to, uh, to, uh, to Andrew Robinson's performance in that movie because it's just it's terrific. And he ended up, years later, Star Trek fans, uh, if you watch Star Trek's Deep Space Nine, there was the character Garrick, 
who was a Cardassian. He was a tailor, but he had a sordid past. He was a he was a spy and assassin in the in the past for the Cardassian military or whatever. And and he always played this kind of duplicitous character, and you weren't sure where his loyalties lay and what he was capable of and these kinds of things. And he was great. And well, he was played by Andrew Robinson. And anyway, so if you haven't seen Dirty Harry, or if you haven't seen it in a while, check it out. It's it's I I think it's it's the best of the Dirty Harry movies, uh, and it's it's really good. So good night. There you go. Good night, Frau Blucher. I'll talk more about Sword and Scale next week. I think there was some other stuff I wanted to get to, but I couldn't too because you know I got to do this fake news stuff. I got to get rid of that. Uh, remember to be skeptical and extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. You've been listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. And I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons, saying, or reminding you, or whatever I'm doing, uh, sleep with the lights off. We'll see you next week. You can check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option. And you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks, Thanks for tuning us in. Bonjour, Monsieur Dim. You are too clever for us naughty people. Well, well I'm going I'm to hell. hell.